Greetings in Jesus' name. I appreciated very much the second song that was led. And maybe you would like to turn there with me. The Church is One Foundation, number 337. We mustn't forget. We mustn't forget. And it says in that first line, the church is one foundation, is Jesus Christ our Lord. We mustn't forget. She is her new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her, you and I. Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. To be his holy bride. And with his own blood he bought her. And for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one o'er all the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food. And to one hope she presses with every grace endued. We mustn't forget our foundation in Jesus Christ. And that we are the bride that Jesus came and died for. And I share with you this morning as a needy creature. Not as though I've already attained, but as though I press toward the mark. And so I covet your prayers as I share this morning. Why do we come here? Why do we come here to this communion service? It's a ritual that we do twice a year. We come here for that. But is it just that ritual? Is it just that we come here so that we show our face on Communion Sunday? Or is there a special purpose for you personally being here today? We come here to remember We come here in remembrance of what Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me. And as Jesus and those disciples gathered together on that last supper to celebrate the Passover, why did they join together? They joined together to celebrate something that had happened many years before that. And I want you to think about that Passover when God called His children out of Egypt, led by Moses, and He told them on that first, very first Passover, this is what you must do. And if you do not do this, your firstborn will no longer be with us. God's purpose and plan for the church, for you individually, was being carried out way back when that first Passover was instituted to redeem mankind back to a holy God, sinful man back to a holy God. And people, we are those sinful people in need of redemption through Jesus Christ. 
the sure foundation. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, And you hath he quickened. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, I want you to stop and just reflect on that just a bit. It's, this means that made alive. And you hath he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Each one of us people were right in that boat. We were helplessly rowing that boat, dead in trespasses and sins. But it says here, you hath he quickened, made alive. Are you alive in Jesus Christ? That sure foundation? Or are you still dead in trespasses and sins? From that first Adam until now, we were born with this sinful nature. And we can't fix it. But it says in Romans, all of sin, for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Not just some, but all. But as we look at verse 2 in Ephesians, it says, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had, we all had our conversation in times past. And this is each one of us. Even though we grow up in Christian homes with good teaching, and I will share about that a little bit later, even though we have all of these great advantages, it says among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as unto others, even as others. We have some on-point teaching. We have our Christian homes. We have our Christian school, and all of that is excellent in itself. But in spite of that, we are needy creatures in need of that sure foundation, Jesus Christ. Can you personally say that you are free from verse 3? Can you personally say that you're free from the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind? Are you free from the nature, that Adamic nature, that sinful nature, that old man? I hope that as we come here today, we come with a freedom and a peace. And I think if we cannot say that, we're in that boat helplessly rowing. But there is a mediator, and that is Jesus Christ, a redeemer, that can rescue us from that helpless boat, from that helpless feeling. We come to this time of communion asking you and ourselves, do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with your fellow Christian, your fellow man? Do you desire to take communion?
self-examination. That's what we're supposed to do during this time. But I want us to look at that Last Supper. Jesus Christ, there with His disciples, celebrating that feast of Passover, that last time that He would be able to partake with them. And, and He showed them something. But as Jesus shared with His disciples that night, there was one among them that even though He was a close friend, disciple, Jesus knew His heart. Just like He knows each one of our hearts here today. And in spite of that, Jesus broke that bread. That symbol of His broken body. In spite of that, He shared that cup. A symbol of His shed blood. And He did it for that great love because of the great love wherewith He loved us. Verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved and hath raised us together, up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know if Judas partook of that bread and that cup. But Jesus came that we might have life everlasting. We, because of that sinful act in the Garden of Eden, we were born with this sinful nature. We were enemies of God, spiritually dead because of sin, and yet... It says in these verses, He loved us so much and His mercy was so great that He sent Jesus. And Jesus came and lived and He died and rose again. He sent His only begotten Son to die a ransom, to pay the debt, to be that perfect sacrificial Lamb of God as we look back on that Passover many, many years ago, we recognize that a perfect lamb without blemish was supposed to be chosen to be sacrificed for that firstborn. To take that place and have that blood spread across the doorposts, spread across the lintel and down the doorposts. But Jesus Christ is that perfect Lamb of God, the only begotten Son of God. And it says, by grace, by God's grace, we are saved, we are made alive, we are spiritually reborn, and then we're given an opportunity to sit together like we are this morning. What a privilege and an opportunity we have to sit together today as brothers and sisters in Christ and to partake of this Bread, a symbol of Jesus' body. This cup, a symbol of His shed blood. We're given the opportunity to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. 
We have some things coming our way that we can hardly comprehend. A heavenly home, spending time with our Lord and Savior, worshiping Him, seeing God the Father, being in eternal bliss. And I hope that you are excited about that time. And I've told someone before, you know, I'm not looking to go out here and step in front of a truck to be ushered into heaven. I'm not looking to do that. But one day, God will call me home unless Jesus comes again. And I want to be ready for that day. But that day comes with a price. That day comes with being dead to sin, alive to Christ. It comes by faith. And we know these next several verses oh so well. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now there's been a, a thread of a conversation in email just recently. Obedience or works? How should we handle that? But sometimes faith is encouraged by works. Sometimes works is shown forth by our faith. And they work hand in glove, side by side. And they work because they are twins that need to work together but then as we look at verse 11 it talks about grace not of works that we're his workmanship but in verse 11 it is there and started as a reminder and we come today together to commune together to remember why are we here It says in verse 11, Wherefore, remember. For you personally, for you individually, for you collectively, wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ. Why are you here? You are here to remember that it was only because of the perfect sacrifice of the Lamb of God that we are no longer spiritual Gentiles, but we are grafted in through Jesus Christ. Wherefore, remember where you came from. Remember that it isn't the birth. It isn't the church. It isn't the teaching. All of those things are good but it is the faith first that brings us into a relationship with Christ. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. People, without Jesus Christ, there is no hope. 
We need to remember that. Even though we are privileged people, there is no hope without Jesus Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. This symbol that we share this morning. This shed blood that, that Jesus announced to his disciples that he would share. He said, remember. Do this in remembrance. Because Christ made us nigh by His blood. Gentiles were physically separated. They were physically separated because of their race, but also because of a medical procedure. They were not allowed to fellowship with Jews unless they were converted to Judaism, and then they were circumcised. That medical procedure, they were disdained. They were aliens meaning that they were not akin. It was hostility there. They were strangers from the promises of God, the ones that God had given Abraham. And these Gentiles, they were without hope. They were without God, except for a few. As we look at what's going on in the Middle East today, it all goes back to that physical child and the child of promise. We see the hatred. We see the hostility. We see everything that's going on between Israel and those Gentile nations. We see people that are physically opposed to each other. But apart from Christ, we are Gentiles spiritually opposed to God, and maybe even to other Christian people. Have you ever come in contact with someone that was opposed to Christian people? I have. I have. And sometimes it's not a real pleasant atmosphere. And I would imagine that you all know some of those that are opposed to Christ and His work, and maybe even Christians. Sometimes that comes pretty close home. My dad passed away in 2011. And I'm not sure where dad was in his relationship with Christ. At the end of his life, he, he hummed those old hymns he knew that he grew up with from a child. Where he is today, I'm not sure. I have hope. I have hope that dad had made peace with God. But that's something that I don't know that God only knows. And that's something that God knows about you too. And about myself. Have you made peace with the rock? With Jesus Christ? With the cornerstone? The only foundation? Today, we commune together. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for today? 
But not only for today are you prepared for eternity. And that's sobering to me. As I look out across this congregation, I don't know of anyone here of Jewish birth or background. And so, physically, I'm looking at a whole group of Gentiles, physically. But are you grafted in through the shed blood of Christ? Are you brought near by the blood? As Anabaptist people, we tend to be a little smug in our quiet, separate, conservative, hardworking communities. But does that have any merit with God? It may help us in our journey. I'm not knocking that at all. But do any of these things have merit with God? I think if any of these things are practiced outside of faith in Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul said, it is but dung. If we only have a practice and don't have the faith in Jesus Christ, it is but dung. It is worthless. It is as filthy rags. It is a form of godliness with no power. <clears throat> we go to town, <clears throat> and maybe we don't even have to go to town, but we go out into society and we see people all around us and because of our upbringing because of our community we tend to say well I'm glad I'm not like them I'm glad I don't have to live like that I'm glad I didn't grow up in that home or a home like that or I feel sorry for them but people, it is only by God's grace and His sovereignty. It is only by His om omniscience that you were born in this time and era in the home that you were born. Does that make you any better, any smarter, any? No. We tend to put ourselves way up here as far as lifestyle or intelligence or whatever. But it doesn't matter where you put yourself. Because God knows exactly where you are. It is only by God's grace that you weren't born in the inner city or a broken home or to a drug addict or somewhere else very, very much less desirable than what we were born in. And if you were born into some of this and you came to know Christ through through His power, praise be to Him. God is calling all men from all nations. But we were at one time spiritual Gentiles. If we have come to the knowledge of Christ, then we are adopted, grafted in. We are brothers and sisters with full rights that fades not away. Jesus is our peace. And as our brother shared, Jonathan shared earlier, we are one through Christ and His shed blood. Jesus is our peace. Verse 14 says, For He is our peace, 
who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. We be brethren. That's something that we often quote to one another as we share on the Maranatha school board. We have differences of thoughts and opinions. But even through that, we often say, it's okay, we be brethren. We work together because Jesus is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the wall of partition between us. The old man is gone. Where's the new man? He's in Christ. Put away the old man. It says in verse 15, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make of himself of twain one new man making peace. That old man and that new man, they're going to struggle against each other. They're going to fight against each other and we know that through Scripture. But being one in Christ, that Gentile, that spiritual Gentile, needs to be moved on out, gone. And with that, the enmity needs to be gone. That old man needs to be gone. And in its place, a new man, a brother, a friend, an heir. What should we see when we go to town? Seriously, what should we see when we go to town? When we see someone that may, may not be as privileged as you and I, what should we see in them? Do we see someone... Oh, I want to stay away from them. They're a bad influence. Or do you see a valuable soul that may be a future brother or sister in Christ? I want to share with you, like Nathan the prophet said to King David, when King David recognized his sin, before King David recognized his sin, Nathan the prophet said, you are that man. You are that woman. Because apart from Christ, before you come to know Christ, you are that influence. You are that spiritual Gentile. You are that one separated from God and others. But thank God for His grace and mercy in our life. Thank God for His shed blood. The emblems that we partake of this morning. Thank God that Jesus came that we might have life everlasting so even if you were born in a in a christian home god still wants to reconcile your heart <laughs> plain and simple god still wants to reconcile my heart your heart you are that town man in nice clothes you are that town girl in nice clothes being raised in a decent home, in a decent church, in a decent school, in a decent environment. You are that town girl separated from God, but it can be fixed through Jesus Christ, through His shed blood that we commemorate here today. We have a message of hope. That message was shared with you individually. Many of you all have embraced that hope through Jesus Christ. Thank God for that message of hope. Thank God that we can be a part of the family of God. 
for His glory. Verse 16 says that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. It's done. That enmity is gone. Christ is Lord. Verse 17, And came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. People come from all walks of life to embrace Christ, far and near. Some people grow up with sound biblical teaching. Praise God for that. And some may not. But those that do not have that sound biblical teaching that come to the knowledge they are a brother or sister, they may not dress like we do. And I'm not throwing away what we do, not in the least. But they, be, they are brethren. They are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so my encouragement to you, to myself, don't take what you have for granted. It can be gone in one generation. One generation of lack of faith can ruin the hearts and lives and eternity of lots and lots of people. Tell your story. Share your struggles. Share your victories. Pray with, for one another and with one another. And be real with people. Because people can see whether you're real or not. Verse 18. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth up, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Have you accessed the Father through the shed blood of Christ? Have you accessed the Father as the Spirit speaks to your heart? Are you a fellow citizen working together for the glory of God, building one another up, building this church up, Encouraging, praying with, maybe even giving some correction. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, came to redeem each of us back to Him through this emblem. Actually, no, through His shed blood for which we commemorate today in remembrance. The prophets we read. The apostles wrote some of these books. And we read of that continual building of the kingdom of God. And that building, that kingdom is never going to fail. But each one of us has a holy temple. A dwelling place of a holy God. Are we continuing to build up this holy temple? 
this collective body, this bride of Christ, to love, to serve, and by God's grace to commune together with peace that passes understanding that we will never understand without Jesus Christ. May we be encouraged as we commune together to remember we have a huge opportunity. Let's remember what Jesus suffered that we might have life through this huge opportunity for God's glory, for everyone's encouragement. God bless you.